The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, um, <clears throat> I've been sick for the past few days. I'm just starting to recover, so I was um, not really able to wrap my mind around a theme for today. And I thought I'd come and, and uh, ask for questions this morning. And as I came in, I mentioned that to Sue, and she uh, reminded me of the uh, events in Ferguson last night. The um, grand jury decided to not indict the officer who shot Michael Brown. And so there's been some rioting and um, some peaceful demonstrations and I thought I'd just offer some reflections about that. Um, It's a theme I've been exploring in my own mind for the last while and um, it's beginning to, it's just beginning to congeal and begin to express itself in Dharma, um, in a Dharma exploration. And so I thought I'd um, explore that a little bit with you. See where it goes? I probably will not speak for very long and then we can see what unfolds from there. Um, and the Buddha asked us to understand dukkha. Um, dukkha meaning suffering. But that, um, that suffering, the word suffering is really a very general word for a very broad category it refers to the, the larger kinds of suffering in our world, such as what's going on in Ferguson. And it refers to the simple feelings of unease. So suffering, suffering may not be quite the right word, but in the context of the larger events of the world, I think we can use it. And the Buddha asked us his first noble truth basically said, yes, there's suffering in the world, and I don't think we can deny that. You know, it is eminently evident when we look at the newspaper, when we hear the news, when we even look at our own lives, that uh, we struggle. We, um, We feel dissatisfied with small things, and we feel angry about large things. We, we feel... Um, out of balance and confused about certain things. And these things all come under this uh, domain of suffering. And another, um, well, the thing that the Buddha asked us to, to do with suffering, he asked us to understand it. He didn't say we need to get rid of it in that way, but he did say understanding or wisdom, understanding how it is put together. What, what is it about? Why is it here? Understanding it, not from an intellectual perspective, but from an experiential perspective. Understanding it. And so this leads us into exploring our suffering. And, and much of our practice is this. You know, we explore in our inner experience when we feel challenging, reactive emotions. We turn our attention inwardly and we explore what does it mean to be present for this? To not have to say this is bad or wrong, but to open to it in a different way. You know, it's the, the key here in terms of turning towards our own personal dukkha is to, and we've talked about this a lot in the, the, the groups here, you know, that we, rather than um, acting on our reactivity, can we open to and uh, meet the experience of? And that very opening to begins to help us to understand how it's put together in our own experience. 
we begin to understand the, the threads of our conditioning, our, our intergenerational conditioning perhaps that put this together or, or something that happened in, in this very life with us that put this together. Um, so we begin to understand that and we begin to see, oh, you know, this is conditions coming together in my own life, really exploring and understanding how self-hatred was put together in my own experience. There were intergenerational pieces, there were things that happened in this life, and beginning to understand that that it was conditioned really helped me to be able to then meet it, open to it. The very opening to it began to allow it, allow wisdom, and wisdom's a a funny word, wisdom's a word that we sometimes think of as kind of exalted or, or heady or something. But in this case, wisdom really means to an inner depth of knowing, an inner depth of understanding that recognizes what leads us towards peace. And so the, that kind of wi- wisdom begins to help the system, our organism, basically, find its way to letting go of the, the holding, the clinging that leads us to struggle, that leads us towards our patterns, our reactive patterns. And that wisdom begins to manifest more um, actively. And we... We find that our reactivity begins to diminish. It's kind of it's kind of mysterious in in a way. I mean, I've, I certainly found that in my own exploration of self hatred, that um, you know there was a lot of looking at it and watching it and understanding it and being with it and being with it and being with it and being with it. And you know, I kind of thought actually I'd have to go back and unwind somehow all of the intergenerational stuff and all of the all of the you know personal stuff but it really just took wisdom wisdom that understood this is a construction this is something that's happening in this mind in this moment and um, a huge releasing came with that wisdom. It wasn't something I could tell myself. It wasn't something I could decide to do. It wasn't something I could say, you know, this is what I need to understand in order for wisdom, this is what I need to understand in order for the self-hatred to release. It came through the meeting. The wisdom, the understanding came through the willingness to meet that. And so there's that aspect of our practice and that aspect of suffering, our inner, our inner suffering, our personal suffering. And what's happening in Ferguson, what's happening in the world with war, with famine, with all of the, the global kinds of suffering, is a, a kind of... There's a lot of personal suffering in that, but there's also what we could call a collective suffering. There's a... When, when we start to look at this, when we start to look at what's happening, and this is, you know, this is, if we look at this as suffering, if we, if we think about this as suffering as the Buddha asked us to look at, what can we learn? What can we understand? That's what he, he asked us to do with suffering, understand it. And so, one of the... Um, things that I think, you know, again, this is, just, this is just starting for me, this kind of exploration. I think one of the big kinds of features of some of this kind of suffering is a, a segmentation into us and them. Like there is a segmentation in our own lives between me and you. That that kind of splitting and segmentation in our own being between various aspects of our being. You know, that self-hatred piece of me was kind of, actually it was really separate for a long time. I had no idea it was really there until I started practicing mindfulness. And then it was like really clear. I had so hidden it from myself. I, 
I considered myself such a competent person that I didn't really know that I had this thread of self-hatred. And so there was in my own mind this split. And then opening to it, you know, the first, the first thing that comes to mind sometimes with, with our practice, when we start to open to these things that we've been deluded about, you know, I was completely deluded about that self-hatred piece in my mind. So when we start to open to these things that we've been delude, deluded about, we think, oh, why do I want to practice this mindfulness? It just makes it worse. But this, <laughs> this is the way to integration. Our first movement might be confusion, might be shame, might be anger. It's like, I don't like that. I don't want it. Mindfulness is causing this problem. And yet, we, if we stick with it inwardly, we start to see it's been there. We really get it. We get it. It's been there. It's not created by, by mindfulness. It's been there. And so that we're just opening to something that has been present. And the, the Buddha's pointing to that the wisdom can help to heal that. And in our collective community, I think there's something similar that we can explore. The, you know, the collective us and them. There's so many different ways we each feel us and them. There's so many different lines in our society around us and them. There's clearly the racial us and them, which is... Um, some of what the manifestation around Ferguson is happening. There's the, um, the us and them ab- around um, gender, around sexual orientation, around economic class, um, name some more, around ability, disability. We, 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 feel, we feel a separation. We feel that, um, you know, that... that you know, some of us may feel um, a kind of a distance from what's happening in Ferguson. After all, it's not happening here in Redwood City. But it might be happening in Redwood City. You know, there's not such a difference between us and them. It could easily be happening here in Redwood City. And so, you know, in exploring the collective... These, these, I think the first thing we need to recognize is that the suffering that's happening, you know, we've, we, we have these various aspects of our community and certain, certain parts of our community may feel or express a certain amount of suffering. And the suffering of oppression, all of those different lenses of us and them there's, there's, it seems to always be when there is an us and them, there's one of the us's or one of the them's that has more of the power and the privilege in the situation. Kind of like in my own mind, the part that had the sense of I'm a really competent person, you know, had the power, had the power to kind of repress and deny the, the self-hatred piece. And so the... The, 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 the aspects of our communities when, when there is that notion of um, us and them creates this kind of way that we, cre- we, we create a separation and there's a, like a delusion. It's like the, the, um, the, the, the parts of our communities that have the power and the privilege don't feel the suffering Necessarily, they may not feel the suffering directly of the um, the people, the, the 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 them's, and it's not because it's not there. And what I what I've begun to really feel in my own experience, just begun to feel, is that we can kind of open to a collective sense. And the Buddha actually pointed to this in his teachings on loving-kindness. His teachings on loving-kindness ask us to 
open our hearts to all beings everywhere, to feel kindness for all beings everywhere, as if every being on this planet were like your own child. That's the, that's the way he talks about it. And so he asks us to open to the collective. He asks us to open to all beings through these practices of compassion and kindness and joy because there's both joy and sorrow in the world. And so the um, opening to the collective is my, my, my own exploration of this. And in a recent retreat we were exploring this some, um, some, some people on the retreat were saying, well, by naming these separations, we're creating them. And I think, actually, by naming the separations, we're feeling the suffering of the separation. It's not creating the... It's not creating... The separation is there. The us and them is there. And so the... When we, we recognize that separateness and can begin to touch into the, hmm, the confusion, the anger, the shame, the denial of that bigger picture. There's something for us each to work with, personally. So the collective and the personal kind of integrate in that way. So one of my experiences on this, uh, this retreat where we were exploring some of this was that as I began to open to that collective experience where there was a lot of variety in the room, a lot of, a, there was suffering on some sides and denial on some sides and just a whole mat, mat, mix of things. Of course, when you get any group of people together, there's going to be a mix of things. And some of that mix of things is personal and some of that mix of things is structural, societal, conditioned in the larger community. And so the um, opening to the all of that suffering, not just our individual suffering, but the collective suffering. In my experience of that, opening to the collective suffering, I... I recognized that, yes, I had been denying, not feeling the suffering of 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 the community. And the, as, as I began to do that and speak to it, there was a, a kind of a shift in the, in the room, in the container, that allowed more of it to be held together. So there's this possibility. I think that our first work in, in um, something like what's happening in Ferguson is to open to our own open to the, the 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 collective of the suffering to recognize where there is a separation. Do I have a sense of, oh it's happening over there? It's not it's not happening here. It's not my fault. I can just turn off the TV and you know it's not it's not here. That is a form of delusion. It's a form of denial. And if we can stay open, I mean, we can't, we may not always be able to be open. We have our own limits. But to, to stretch to hold the suffering. As we do that, I think there's a way that what I felt in that community was that as more people began to hold the suffering of the community. It's like that, you know, it's like the, there, there were certain aspects of the community that had, were holding more of the suffering initially. There was more feeling of, we're not being seen, we're not being heard. And then there are other sides of the community that were saying, well, you know, why is this a problem? And as the, as the whole community began holding that, suffering, the, um, 
the people who were saying, why is this a problem, began experiencing more confusion, more suffering, more shame. And the people, I think, the people who were experiencing the suffering originally began to, it began to be held by more people in the community. So it's, it's, not, it's like it wasn't that the suffering in the collective was being more distributed to the whole collective. And it wasn't being kind of isolated off into this one little piece, kind of like my self-hatred was isolated off into this little piece. And there's an integrating that happens in our own personal work as well. You know, as we open to our, um, our own personal suffering, as we open to our, you know, the patterns and identities and confusions that we have, you know, that self-hatred for me, it's like, initially as I was looking at that, it's like, yeah, what I need to do is to like take a scalpel and excise that whole thing and just chuck it out because it's a problem. But what ended up happening was much more integrative. I can't really describe it except to say that, that within that piece of that self-hatred was a deep wish for being seen, being understood, and to be um, loved. And those are wholesome wishes. And, you know, if I had, you know, taken that whole thing and excised all of that, it would have excised aspects of that metta. So the, the integration, you know, the opening to our struggles allows us to integrate more fully those deep wishes. I think I talked about that a few weeks ago. This, these core wishes to be safe, to be happy, to be healthy. And I think as a, com- as a collective we have those we have that wish as well. And when we find that there's people that are struggling, we want to isolate them. Put, you know, we want to say, let's, let's get rid of that. The whole Holocaust was about that. You know, it's, it's, so the, that kind of isolating piece, it does, it, it, when we isolate like that, I think it doesn't allow us to be full human beings. And so the opening to, I think our first work is really to open to those areas of essentially us and them. Are we, are we creating a sense of us and them? And if we are, can we um, at least acknowledge that? The first thing to do is to acknowledge, yes, I feel a separation. When we acknowledge that we feel a separation, we start to feel the suffering of the separation. Because separation has a disconnection in it. And so the, the, I think our work is to begin there and to allow the wisdom that comes with the opening to it to help inform response rather than reacting out of kind of habitual modes. So that's, those are some of my thoughts on this. What do you think? What are your thoughts? So while I was meditating this morning, I became aware that of this thing I've been sort of struggling with internally of not allowing myself to be happy. And this morning I realized that in part it's because my mind was going to several responsibilities, tasks that I haven't done. And I can't allow myself to be happy even though there's nothing I can do about them while I'm sitting here meditating. And now that you've connected it to bigger world issues like Ferguson, like war, I realize that one of the reasons I deny or try to avoid or get away from those issues is that I feel responsible to fix them once I become aware of them. 
And that's a huge And heaven knows, place. I can't fix Ferguson. <laughs> exactly. I might contribute something positive someday to the society but in that regard, but I can't fix Ferguson. And I think no one person can fix Ferguson. So the, I mean, what I'm proposing really is let's not deny it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not deny our... Uh, you know, because we do. I mean, when there's things that happen out there, we can deny. And I think what you pointed to is this idea. I mean, our our kind of idea is that, oh, I'm not allowed to be happy if there's something else wrong in the world. And, you know, there's this real paradox with the opening to the Brahma Viharas, the... Um, the, the heart, the, the heart of metta that really is wide open, meeting the, 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 wor- the word that uh, I think one German monk used, which Sharon Salzberg used as the title of her book, is the heart as wide as the world. And that heart as wide as the world meets both the suffering and the joy and responds when, when it when the suffering is there, it re- feels compassion. When the, when the uh, joy is there, it feels joy and resonance. And the quality that allows the mind to hold it all is equanimity. And equanimity comes with meeting it all. So the, you know, the, the, the possibility, I mean, I think there's an, an idea or a belief somehow in our minds, and this is a view. I think it's a really common view in our society or in our in our culture somehow that if I'm um, if 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 I'm aware of somebody else's suffering and I'm happy, I'm a bad person. And so we take that on. And there's you know there's this this real paradox of the the opening to the pain of that and the joy of a new being coming into life today you know somebody's somebody's having a baby today somebody's you know just delighting with the arrival of a new life somebody else is sorrowing over the loss of a loved one And the heart can hold both without having to feel guilty about holding both. I'll let you know when the guilt goes away. <laughs> well, well no, the, 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 the part of the practice here, again, remember, is like meet the shame, meet the guilt. You know, it's like that's, that's the doorway now. It's like, you know, it's like when you open to this, like, oh, wow, like, Ferguson, wow, what can I, I can't do anything about that. And feeling like, wow, can I be happy? I, can I only be happy if I deny that's happening? Feeling the shame of that. You know, that that's, that's how the transformation happens. Because underneath that shame, I think, is the recognition that we are all connected. That, you know, that not, not, in, a, not in a way that makes us feel... Um, uh, bad about ourselves, but in a way that makes the heart feel open. Yeah. Well, I'll go on since. You're <laughs> And as you were talking, I found myself feeling compassion for the first time for some of the people I didn't feel compassion for in connection with Ferguson, Mm. the prosecutor, the members of the grand jury, whom of course I don't know, but the police officer who who shot Mr. Brown. Um, I mean, I, they, if, if I put myself in, or attempt to put myself in their shoes, I would be suffering a lot today, as well as the 
family of Michael Brown and, uh, and lots of other people. I feel that um, you know the, the, uh, the more I think about this, you know, this notion of the collective, and the more I see that the Buddha actually did explore this territory. You know, he explored it in the Brahma Viharas, and he talked about he talked about where the seeds of war come from. You know, and it does it does come back to. Um, individual uh, stuff and yet as an individual we are so influenced by our culture our families our communities and um, you know it's hard to swim upstream (laughs) this is the one thing the Buddha talked about with uh, the practice that it's like swimming upstream, you know, the culture's got the direction, it's going this way. And uh, the, the, um, the exploration of understanding suffering from this perspective as opposed to just finding and getting what I need and I want so that I can be happy in my little world and ignore everybody else. I mean, that's kind of how we work in some ways. And the... Um, the um, the, o- this, the the beginning to open to the suffering of the world, we feel it personally, and so we can work with that personally. We can work with that personally. There's so much um, the Buddha had to say about views, the way we see our world through filters. You know, that's where a lot of the us and them comes in, I think, is we, we, we carry um, ideas, opinions, views about people based on mostly enculturation, mostly enculturation, you know. We have views, ideas about us and them. Again, you know, all those different isms that we, that we hold in our culture. And so can we begin to also recognize those personally in our own hearts and feel the, the way that they restrict us, constrict us from really meeting what's happening? It's a huge, it's a huge undertaking. And yet we each, I think, individually can do our part. We each can um, open not only to our personal suffering, but explore what it means to open to the collective suffering. And just that, just that movement, I think, will begin to bring some healing. Just that movement to open to the collective suffering. Any other comments or... questions about well, it could be anything I guess <laughs> yeah well would you hand the mic back to Will um, so when you speak um, I find you absolutely inspirational when I do things that I have wanted to have happen in my life for ages real victories, I don't get the same inspiration. And I don't think that's really useful for me. Uh, That I was able to have, somebody said something, I had something to say back that wasn't useful, wasn't skillful, it was nasty, and I saw it and didn't do it. And I have been desiring to have that choice in my life for a very long time. And you're starting to, it sounds like? You're starting yes, to. And, yeah, yeah. and yet I find that I almost discount it. 
Whereas when I listen to you talk about something, I feel really inspired. Oh, I'll have to do that. When I do the same, something that's just, I don't get the. What do you feel? Oh, that if I can behave normally, that doesn't count. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, we feel that. You know, there's dukkha there. There's suffering there. And so that, too, it's like, okay, yeah, that somehow when I do it, it doesn't count. There's, there's, can you open to that? The, the, paradoxically, you know, it is so paradoxical. Allowing yourself to open to that, it doesn't count when I do it. Not to beat yourself up with that, not to believe it, but to say, what does it feel like when I believe it doesn't count, when I do that? Ooh, can you feel it? Can you open to that? Open to that feeling. In that is the seeds of transformation. Okay. Um, the first, my introduction to IMC was your mindfulness uh, in-house retreat this August. And I had no intention of coming out of it with all the drivers in Redwood City being greatly improved. (laughs) (laughs) People used to be able to hear me screaming at them with the windows rolled up on their car, the windows rolled up on my car, and everybody on the sidewalk looking goes, wow. Uh, And that simply evaporated. And and it has stayed evaporated. Hmm. How do I find it? (laughs) Well, keep, I mean, I know that you explored that during that week, right? I mean, you did look at your reactivity during that week. You did explore that. It was hardly what I chose to focus on. No, it was what yes. I noticed, though, that was, it was like, it was really obvious that that was going on. That yes. that happened, and that it happened so quickly. Is this just the random nature of the human mind? Um, I wouldn't say it's random. The the, um, the 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 human mind functions very lawfully, and so the um, what you saw that week, you know, the the whole unfolding of the conditions there. I mean, we, we explored in daily life that week, we explored looking at our reactivity. And you were exploring that reactivity and seeing. I mean, basically what starts to happen is that we see that this reactivity is here. And again, I think another piece of what you saw was the division, self-other. All those drivers <laughs> versus me. And, you know, there, there began to be a more collective experience, perhaps. Something of, you know, and, and I actually get this sometimes driving on the freeway. It's like, yeah, you know, we're all taking care of each other here, <laughs> following the rules. And then there's sometimes a guy that's like doing the weaving. And it's like, oh, you know, there's some suffering there. I, f- I actually, rather than feel, I used to feel angry with that. More now I feel the suffering of that person who just can't be with the pace of things. And so the, the um, you know, the, what we see, I mean, beginning to open to the areas where we are reactive allows a transformation, and sometimes it happens very quickly when it's not a, a deeply held kind of thing. The one that you're talking about now, the it doesn't count for me, doesn't count when I do that, that may be much more deeply held. And, like my self-hatred, you know, it is workable. It is transformable. And it's transformable. It's not that it goes, it like, like gets excised and put away. It, it transforms into often a flavor of loving-kindness. And in that case, the, the feeling of, you know, the, it doesn't count when I do it. 
Where does that touch you? Uh, my left shoulder. You feel it physically in your, in your left shoulder. I finally got, just yesterday, that my left shoulder creeps up on me when I'm meditating. Uh-huh. And a lot of other times. And I finally, it, it, for me, it's my shield on. Uh-huh. And I have very mixed feelings. It served me well. And... And that's, that's a good exploration in. It's like, what purpose is this serving? You know, because there, it has had functions in our lives. And that's how it's gotten created, because it had some purpose. And so, you know, to, to, to question or explore, what purpose is this serving? Can begin to open us to the underlying you know, it's like it, it's serving to me. Often, it's serving a purpose somehow to support us to be happy, healthy, safe, at ease, and yet it's not serving it in a helpful way anymore. And so, you know that that um, that exploration can begin to open us to more the underlying piece, and when we can touch into that, sometimes the need for the shield begins to loosen. I wouldn't say. I mean, wouldn't it, the self hatred thing? Like it, would, it was a long exploration. You know, it was a long exploration, and like it's not completely gone, but the, I would say the belief. The belief when those thoughts come, they're just recognized as thoughts. The thoughts are there. <laughs> You're no good. You're a failure. You don't do that right. <laughs> But there's like, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, there's that thought. You know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't have the roots. It doesn't like grow roots. So it, you know, so the, 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 there's, a, there's, there's been a really major shakeup of that pattern in my own experience. So the, uh, the, 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 these things are transformable through this practice. Yes, the concession I made uh, was that I noticed that because I had chosen not to say it, how it, the, almost the entirety of the interaction has been allowed to just walk away. Mm-hmm. You know, that I, I remember it, but it doesn't have the visceral charge on it that it would have had I simply reacted. Is there any part of you that appreciates that? That's what I'm saying, is that yes, that I am making myself actually take the inventory. Uh Uh-huh, great. And that's also very helpful. Yeah, it's it's operating under the rubric of uh, intellectual integrity. Exactly. I mean, and it will feel that way at first, that it's like, you know, reflecting, yes, I didn't do that, and look what harm was averted. You know, so it's kind of in the, in the intellect. Keep reflecting on it, and the, the reflection will go deeper, and you'll start to actually feel the appreciation for it. And I think simultaneously looking at the, I mean, because we, we, we work from both sides. You know, we see, yes, I did that skillfully. And boy, the mind is saying, yeah, but it doesn't count when you do it skillfully. You know, so look at that too. You know, oh, there's there's that shame. There's that I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy somehow. So that that peace can be open to, along with the, yes, and we did that skillfully. Yes, that was wholesome. That actual acknowledgement of that. So look at both. Thank you. I don't usually like to comment on what people say because sometimes I don't find it helpful. But I just have to say I found that totally inspiring and completely beautiful, probably as someone that's been on the other end of interactions where the other person seems to have no awareness of how they are communicating. And um, I I don't know, it just just brought me to tears, actually. Um, So in the collective is the appreciation you're feeling it sincerely. Yeah, I'm feeling I mean, it. we we don't know always how we affect 
other people, you know, and, and especially when we don't do something that we might have done. Like even with my partner, she doesn't even know, right, how difficult it was for me to keep my mouth shut about something. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I'm going back, I'm going, whoa, my God. <laughs> um, anyway, God, there's so many things I want to say and questions. I'm, I'm having trouble choosing. So I'm going to go with <laughs> the one... Um, and I could relate to other things today, too. It's, I, I try to be open to differences and, and us and them and, and maybe not having such a big delineation. Um, and I find some areas really hard for a number of reasons. But I guess what, what one thing that came to mind is I was with somebody who, who I care about very much. And... Um, and somehow this them came into being, and she had really strong opinions. And, you know, to me it sounded very negative, and, well, they're all like this, and they should all just go back to blah, 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 and why? And I, you know, and I kind of, it was almost a soapbox, like you, you've been, she's been listening to too much conservative radio or something, which I don't think she has, but, and I just, I was floored. I did, you know, I said, well, I respectfully disagree and told her why. And, um, you know, and it just kind of went on and on. And I had no idea what to, I felt like saying, are you serious? You know, are you that stupid but, or that cruel? But, you know, that wouldn't have been helpful, so I didn't right. say that. But I just, I don't know how to respond. It's like, in a way, that closes this part of me that kind of wants to communicate and, but it, it was difficult. Yes, I, I think that is exactly the kind of situation that is difficult. And how do we keep our hearts open there? I mean, I think one of the things I'm feeling a lot of is confusion as I try to stay open to this. And, um, you know, to not, like, try to say, oh, I know the answer, I know how to do it. It's like, no, clearly the mind is in confusion right now. And, you know, I think what you'd, what you'd said was, you know, a, a skillful response, you know. I, I respectfully disagree. Um, you know, to, to, but to really open to, I mean, that the practice is asking us to open to the, you know, in that, in that interaction was kind of the collective dukkha, in a way. You know, that that person was separating so strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that... Whew, you can feel that. You can feel that. And so, you know, can, can, you, can you open to that in that moment? And, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. Uh, but I do think that the practice and the, the willingness to, as practitioners, begin to open to the confusion, the shame, the denial, the anger, the the greed, I mean, to open to all of it will show us the direction. Now, I think the practice has the tools that we need. And and some of that does does mean, you know, opening to suffering. A lot of it means opening to it. And, you know, recognizing, as I think Bill said initially, we can't fix it. One of us can't fix it. You know, and yet, if everybody on the planet were to suddenly, spontaneously hold that first precept of refraining from killing and believe that that was really crucially important, boy, it would be a different world. So there is an individual transformation that I think impacts the collective. So, you know, don't underestimate the power of your own holding of that. I know that doesn't sound very satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I don't know if I held it as well as you were saying. Yeah, go ahead. Pass the mic over here. Well, I've always thought for a long time that there was a link between self-hatred and 
being locked into an us and them mentality, or what I used to call the, uh, what I've heard more often called the us versus them mentality. And I've always been puzzled by why it's so difficult to see that. And I guess what I've gotten out of today's presentation is that the reason why it is difficult to see it is, this, is because to break that uh, line of thinking, you do have to open yourself to suffering, and it's the unwillingness to open yourself to yes. suffering that makes you fail to see the link between self-hatred. I think that's, that's, that's a real good articulation of a, the crux. And, of, of and the, the, us and the us and them mentality. I, I keep thinking of the similarity between the phrase us and them and S and M. But, <laughs> but, um, so um, yeah, so I guess that's uh, sort of unlocked a kind of a what's been kind of a puzzle uh, riddle for me. And I think that the practice, you know, I think initially in our practice we do get more able to confront and be with our own suffering. And then I think in you know as we open our hearts, as the Buddha points us to the opening of the heart in the practices of kindness and compassion and joy, we also, I mean, it doesn't just happen magically, you know, we meet the suffering in those, we meet our, our, our blocks as we try to open our hearts, and, and right there, you know, we don't want to feel the suffering of others. But the opening to our own suffering, I think one thing, you know, I, I saw, you know, something about opening to our own suffering, we do recognize how, how it's manifesting in the collective. I, I, I remember at one point I had this insight into, I was angry at somebody and I recognized in my heart I wanted him to suffer. I, I wanted him to be miserable. And in that, I recognized, you know, just in that moment, it's just like seeing into the depth of all beings on this planet have the same kind of mind and the same kind of thing. And this is where war comes from. You know, this, I want that person to suffer. This is where war comes from. And so the collective, we begin to open to the collective by opening to our own suffering. And so we gain the tools to, to meet more and more suffering. And some of it, some of it is not going to go away. I mean, some of the, the pain of life this is, you know, it's not going to go away, but we can hold it with compassion. May you be healthy. Thank you. <laughs> and it's time to stop. So thank you for your participation this morning. <laughs>